ops, and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. Welcome everybody to tonight's episode of the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. We have a bit of a packed house tonight. Uh, we're joined packed by house, two, woo-woo! two of our usual co-hosts, uh, Jason and Mark. Go ahead, wave guys, or say hi, or whatever you want to do. Yo! <laughs> Yo! And we have two guests tonight uh, to talk about our our special topic or whatever. Special guests to talk about our topic. How's that? Uh, we got Chris and Jamie. So say hi. Hi. Everybody say hello. hello. Everybody wave all at once. It's a party, right? So um, Chris, I know from our <laughs> DEFCON 610 group, he's, uh, uh, he's recently, I guess recent, maybe not the right word anymore he pivoted from an ops role to an information security style role penetration testing part of why part of what he did to do that was using uh training he learned from capture the flag contests online and jamie is a recent uh new employee co-worker at red hat with mark and i and she recently participated in the, the red hat internal ctf um she's this is the first ctf you've ever participated in right I mean, like yes. word searches don't count. No. <laughs> <laughs> Pothole pirates represent. Captain. Yeah. <laughs> so in case you haven't guessed, tonight's topic is we're going to talk about how capture the flag contests may be beneficial to sort of like your own personal growth or your own uh, maybe learning or, or whatnot. So um, I was going to start quickly by just giving folks some basics about what the heck a CTF or capture the flag contest is. In case anyone listening doesn't know, uh, it's pretty basic. It's it's kind of an online, not online, it's it's a game. Except the game is, it's like a cross between sort of a technology-related learning event and a scavenger hunt, almost, right? Um, the idea is you have to solve challenges, puzzles, uh, you have to break into things sometimes, all with permission, of course, to find these flags, which are then scored on a scoreboard somewhere, Sometimes it's just for fun. Sometimes you win prizes. And the, the whole concept here is that uh, whoever does the best gets the highest score wins prizes. Well, some of us aren't that good, right? And we just do it for fun. And for those folks, there's a lot to be gained. And at least that's my opinion. And that's kind of what we're here to talk about tonight. So I want to touch kind of briefly on what the qualifications you might need to participate in a CTF are, and personally, I feel like those qualifications are pretty low. Um, you need to be at least familiar with a computer, and you need to have a willingness to learn and possibly learn from others, maybe get involved with a team or a group, and uh, just kind of come along for the ride. Um, if you're obvi- Obviously, if you're in it to be a serious competitor, you need to come with some skills, but um, so... That's kind of the background, what a CTF is, why the heck we're talking about it. Um, so I thought we would just kind of go into, uh, really, Jamie, like what, how do you feel about having participated in this, this CTF? I mean, Mark and I were both over our heads for a lot of these challenges. I can only imagine <laughs> how you felt so, on some of these. <laughs> so much drowning. Yeah. I would not say some of them. I would say all of them. Um, I mean, I have, <laughs> I'm, I'm in customer success, so I don't really have 
uh, the background as far as um, being able to do, I think lo looking over some of those challenges, had I just gone in there and read them, I would not have known where to start. But I do feel like both you and Mark um, opened my eyes to something I'd never really been exposed to. And it seemed very attainable. Legally. You, <laughs> they, that's right, legally. It, yeah, it, it made, it, it was a lot of fun. It made, um, it made me less intimidated, I think, about, uh, you know, certain areas of, of tech. And, um, and as you both know, when you guys were on calls, I was like, I can try this. Um, and then, you know, I was trying to Google how to do certain things. And um, I think I said this to you earlier, Mark, I, I said, you know what, this really made me wonder, had I been um, exposed to this you know, earlier in life, would I have maybe taken a different path or spent more time to learn these things? And that's really, that's really cool to, uh, to be exposed to something that just seems so out of reach and be like, oh, this is awesome. Like with some study, I could totally start to do this. So, so uh, sorry, go ahead, Mark. No, I, I want to react because we have this attitude sometimes that, oh, if I had just started this stuff when I was 12 or 19 or exactly 20, where I was gonna go. so, so, <laughs> You're about the age my dad was when he pivoted completely from selling insurance to to hanging up his own tile as an independent computer consultant, having bought an Apple II and learned all this stuff. We learned side by side, he and I. I was in I was in high school and he was again about your age. And the dude became one of the best computer consultants, and I'm not just saying that because he's my dad, in Ocean County in, in, in the 80s, because that's when, that's when you could really just blaze that trail. So it is absolutely not too late for, for you to, to learn stuff. You've already done more nerdy things than some of the <laughs> folk who have been CSMs, the role you have at Red Hat, for a couple of years. I mean, you, you friggin' pulled a Docker container from a registry and then and then shelled into it. Now, granted, Nate and I told you how to do it, but you still did it. So so, uh, but Watch yeah, out. that that is cool. I I like the uh, attitude. But if you enjoyed it, it's absolutely not too late to learn some of the stuff. So oh, I, mean, I agree. This honestly is is a, a, you may not know it, but a great segue. So Chris, obviously, you already worked in IT, uh, but in a very ops focused role. And you pivoted. You moved. You basically decided you wanted a career as a penetration tester, right? And online CTS is, is one way that you help skill up in that. You want to talk a little bit about that because you know, I don't know how old you are compared to Jamie, and if <laughs> if you can say it's a fine time to yeah. change a career, but uh, no, it's a good example. Well, the, is what I'm getting at. Now are making me sound old. <laughs> You're probably younger well, than us. I'm, I'm 43, <laughs> but um, slightly. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I was working in an ops role, like a, you know, a lead sysadmin for a decent sized company. And then, you know, with my ADHD, I decided to uh, hyper focus on something random. So it was IPSEC videos on YouTube. So if nobody knows who that is, he's a, a YouTuber. Um, he basically does walkthroughs of all the hack the box videos, which is a CTF site. And I sort of just got enamored. And so I'm like, maybe I'll give it a try. And um, turned out it was really fun. I didn't intend to be a career. 
it just sort of worked out that way. I couldn't stop doing it, and I sort of fell in love with it. And I turned out to be somewhat good at it, so just leaned into it, and it worked out, you know. <laughs> but I had no intention of, like, oh, I'm going to change my career. It was just like, man, this is fun, this is fun, and it's like, oh, maybe I can. Let's give it a shot. Right, but I think that's actually... That's the word I'm looking for. It's a little, it's, it's, it's more fluid that way, right? So you found a thing mm-hmm. you were interested in. You found a thing that you thought was enjoyable. And right. it happens that that was a career move or it could have been a career move and you decided to make it a career move, right? And that's, that's really, right. that's kind of the point here, right? So you can get involved in a capture the flag contest in lots of different ways. Right. There's there's online offerings. There's some of them are free. Some of them you have to pay entry or whatever. At least I assume you do. Um, I don't know. Does Hack the Box have a is there like a pay tier there or is it all free? Um, yeah, there's a, the content is the same, except when you pay, um, you get access to the retired machines and you get access to this uh, VIP area that isn't like stormed by a bunch of newbies. <laughs> what so, are you like, saying? Well, <laughs> Well, I'm saying when you're trying to like work a problem, right? So like, oh, maybe there's a SQL injection or maybe there's some kind of thing going on. Then you have people like brute forcing the machine, effectively mm. dosing it offline. It needs to be rebooted all the time. But yeah, I mean, I paid. I just like, I went hog wild on that thing. I couldn't get enough. I mean, that's cool. But, yeah. So... um I thought it was a valuable tool because I would say there was something I just wanted to touch on earlier because it isn't sort of like, um, like I would think like an engineer because like when you're a pen tester, you're not really an engineer anymore. Right. So when you're like shifting into doing CTFs and like hacking stuff, um, you have to try to reprogram your brain to not think like an engineer. So um, like originally when I came to CTFs, you would think, well, I just need to have the appropriate level of skill. And then I can do it. But that's not what it is at all. Like you're you're approaching every problem with the same frame of mind. So like you have to research it, figure it out, read documentation, like just have a hacker mindset of like, how can I break this? You know, <laughs> um, I would say almost engineering could help, but it could also be a hindrance because you would assume. Right. You, know, you, and- know, you like to give engineers the benefit of the doubt sometimes. Like I would never do that. Why would anyone do that? <laughs> and well, we were still talking got, about you know. this uh, a little bit while we were doing the the, the sort of corporate CTF that that uh, Mark, Jamie, and I were doing. Um, you don't you don't necessarily have to solve a puzzle in the way that the person who designed it intended you to solve it, right? So sometimes mm-hmm. approaching it, not knowing how you might build this particular piece of infrastructure, might give you insight into a better way to solve the puzzle. Right, because you're not thinking like an engineer, right? To your point, Chris. Right. Yeah, that becomes a lot of stuff that um looking back now, now that I, you know, break into stuff and that's my entire world. Think of all the shortcuts I made with like password reuse or like even talking today of like, you know, AD accounts on a printer. You know, I mean it's like, Yeah. You know, things you wouldn't think of. You're like, no one's gonna look at that, or that's just I got enough on my plate. I can't be dealing with the fine details of everything. 
Yeah, that's 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 not even a privileged user account. I don't care if it's got a simple password <laughs> yeah. until you figure out that uh, that's how they got in, right? Or that's how you got yeah. in as a pen tester. <laughs> well, yeah, have a have an AD joined account is that's that's what that's good stuff. That's, that's a good start. <laughs> that's like the goal, right? Right. Yeah. So um, we and, and I, I keep going back to this internal CTF because that's really the only experience Jamie has <laughs> with CTFs at oh, all, yeah. right? Mark, I don't know. Have you you and I poked at at Holiday Hack last year, didn't we? Or didn't, so, didn't we? I don't remember now. So Holiday Hack, I definitely made an account, and I had every intention of banging on it hard, but I'm pretty also legal, but I feel like <laughs> I got distracted and never really made progress. So was the, this really your first experience as well? This was the first time that I was on a team where I felt a level of commitment to try and, and drive forward and be competitive. And I, and I got to be honest, I, I really liked the team aspect of it. And, and for those who like what Nate and I did, like we knew that Jamie wasn't really going to be like have the nerd creds, but we knew that she, she's very clever. I've known her for quite a few years and, and, and she might be able to like, give us some ideas. And then at the very beginning, we're like, well, you're going to be the one doing all the typing, you know, right. you're going to be the one in the terminal. And we're going to tell, we're going to, we're going to use your fingers and your eyes legally to um, kind of see what's going on and, and to operate it. Because I figured by osmosis, she would then learn some Linux nerd stuff. And, and she did. And one thing that's cool about Jamie is you generally don't ever have to tell her the same thing twice. She might not know something, but when you teach her something once, she she's very sticky in, in, in a good way there. She tends to she tends to retain what you teach her. So she actually, I think, turned out to be a pretty good teammate. And and got, I, I was looking through the, the write up because InfoSec releases a write up afterwards. And I'm looking at some of these challenges and I'm like, there is not a snowball's chance in all of the nine hells that any, that we would have made any progress in this. I need to, I need to go back and look at the Stego challenge. I felt like I was close on that and I just didn't know where to go next. Yeah. The 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 picture one. Yeah. The picture one. The skill sets for some of these challenges were insane. Oh, some of them were definitely crazy. I mean, we, we spent, uh, it might've been six hours on that memory dump one. Right, and that felt so good when we when we when we when we cracked it. The um, this challenge gave us it was a memory dump, and we had to find the flag, and we had to find the process ID and the user that was running it, and it was a Linux memory dump. And there's this tool volatility. Did I say it right? Volatility, yeah. Volatility, whatever. Well, the newest version of volatility, by the way, and this is sometimes what happens with open source, it doesn't work like the documentation says it should work. Like you actually go and you type commands and it just doesn't freaking do it. All the how-tos you find online are still for volatility too. Right, but this was the- three is the latest that, yeah. Yeah, but these were the, these, this, these were the docs on the GitHub for, for version three in theory. Okay. So that was super frustrating. Fortunately, Nate had an old version of it still installed. And we spent the, the the majority of the challenge was like taming the tool and making yeah, the tool right, work. Right, right. We had to build what I don't even remember what it's called now, a map or whatever. We had to build a map 
we had to build. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then it was like, oh, well, there's the process. But what do we uh, do with it? Yeah. And then I'm like, wait a minute. There's that one flag where we can get a pro. We can like get either a process map or whatever. I'm like, let's try that and see what happens. And then it blows the process up into all the different threads and these other memory chunks and like a memory and yeah holy shit and and by the way had we picked the process well about the only user land process that wasn't just part of x windows was emacs so basically infosec trolled us by doing this in an emacs memory buffer yeah because we're of course all vi guys as linus intended everybody you're right everybody Uh, at red hat likes vi right it's totally i'm I'm an emacs (laughs) fan but it wouldn't be as Linus intended. It would be as Bill Joy intended. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so what we did. Oh, yeah. Sorry, then go we, ahead. Oh, and then we, so we started to dig through the memory dump of the Emacs process, and there were so many memory chunks. And Nate and I sat back and we're like, you know what? And this is mostly Nate. We should only look at the ones that are read right because the others are just going to be the static, you know, the libraries and shit. Right. And so we just kept going each memory dump and grepping for the flat. And suddenly they're like, the flag appears on Nate's screen, and I think we didn't even catch it for like half a second or two. <laughs> right. I'm like, the flag! The flag! We the actually moment. figured it out! It was quite the moment. Yeah. So, and and of course, at that point, it was past, you know, work work had been done for a while already. Yeah, it was like five, like quarter to six or something by the time we got this. Ah, <laughs> oh, and it was the last flag we finished before his time ran out at two in the morning and yeah, it was, stuff it was only that. a two day, two day thing. So that was cool. So uh, where I was leading with that when, you know, that was great, Mark. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to, <laughs> to say anything. But um, where I was leading with that was as first time participants to a capture the flag contest. And I thought this was just Jamie, but it's Mark as well. Um, How do you feel about the whole experience? Like, do, do you feel like it was just like an aggravating waste of time or I get the feeling that you don't feel that way, but. <laughs> I'm gonna let Jamie go first. I would use one of those words. It was uh, aggravating. It was, That's for darn sure. <laughs> it was, you know, it was. Uh, I really had no idea what to expect, and I think you described it perfectly. It was definitely more of a scavenger hunt, you know, than um, maybe necessarily capture the flag in the in the schoolyard sense. But um, there was no running involved. Once once we got that first challenge down, <laughs> I was. I was pumped and then I was so frustrated because obviously I had more bandwidth. You guys had to actually then go do work. And I was like, (laughs) keep digging around in here. And I was like, Oh, there's nothing I can do. And I, and it, you know, I think Chris, what you described, it kind of hooks you where I thought, what do I need to, you know, what do I need to learn so that, you know, I could yeah. contribute more or, or try to do these things. So some part of me is like, is there like a baby version of this or, um, you know, uh, some sort of like kids class I can take, um, <laughs> you know, and then want to do it again. Cause the, the competitor in me was like, we have to win. So, um, but yeah, so it was definitely frustrating, uh, but it was a very cool experience and I can see why so many people did participate and maybe Red Hat can do that for, CEE <laughs> make some sort of game. Yeah, like so capture the customer or something. <laughs> I was I I I came into it knowing the sort of competition we were going to have, not expecting 
that we were going to be anywhere near the top of that scoreboard. <laughs> so <laughs> we were not as uh, as as much fun as it was. And as I that competitive spirit, believe me, I, I get it. It's like you want to rack up the score. But, you know, I never had <laughs> call it pessimistic, but <laughs> we weren't the last place, pick. though. We weren't last place. I'll take it. I found it frustrating at times. Um, oh, and I, I think we were both getting very frustrated with that memory dump one, and I think we almost gave up on it once or twice. We did, and but and, but there were some of them, like the one where the one with the cell tower. I I should have known because it was a thousand point challenge that it was not going to be as easy as I thought, and yeah. It, it that one ended up becoming something I don't think we would have ever gotten. So far, the the thing to remember good. with these challenges. Remember, I said before how you don't necessarily have to solve it the way that the person who wrote it uh, intended. Um, and I think I told you to this when we were chatting over the challenges um, at two years ago, DefCon Six One Zero. We ran a pub crawl. CTF challenge, which, by the way, is happening again. Uh, in fact, it's just two weeks from now, I think. It's next the weekend after this. A week uh, we'll, from Saturday. We'll talk about that in the announcements. Um, but there was a challenge there. And Chris, I forget if it was yours or not. But there was a challenge where there were, there were three tiers of flags, or two tiers of flags. And the first one, uh, you had to basically get into a web shell. And I got that one because that was relatively easy to get into. I got into the web shell and I got the flag and I'm good to go. Uh, and then the second one, which was worth like twice as many points or something, uh, was the, the whoever created it had a different idea in mind about how you were supposed to get the flag. But I'm a sysadmin and they gave me a shell. So I used the shell and I got all the other flags. And I probably got 500 points or I don't know, whatever it was, out of that one thing. And they're like, oh, did you do this, this, and that? I'm like, no, you gave me a shell. <laughs> I used Foolish the shell. Foolish mortal. You <laughs> gave like, me a shell. I found ah. your flags through the shell. And then they're like, oh. So um, I have no idea how I would have solved them had I not had that shell, right? So that's a perfect example of, like, you don't necessarily have to. doesn't necessarily mean that the high point value challenges are definitely going to be a challenge if you think outside of the box. Yeah. I think the only thing I would add to that is that a lot of the like well-made CTFs, like they sort of have the guardrails on and it isn't really about finding alternate ways. It's sort of just trying to, you know, take the information you have and use deductive reasoning and try different things while keeping a cool head, which I think is the coolest thing. And just being, just being comfortable knowing that like, you don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> you <know? laughs> I felt like that the whole time. So <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Like, so it's like some of these CTFs I'll take down like a really, really hard one. And the next one could be easy, but it's like something I never encountered before. Like, I don't know anything about this. So it's like, Oh, it's time to hit the documentation or play around, take notes. You know, like I, I think that's important is just to like not give up and not think you're dumb because you didn't figure it out in like 10 minutes, you know? <laughs> right. That definitely being persistent and not convincing yourself that you're completely out of your league is the way to succeed on these mm -hmm. things. Now, obviously, 
especially in a challenge like we were in where you only had two days to get it done, there was a certain time aspect, right? If you spent all of your time on one flag and didn't get it, then you yeah. had no points, right? Um, so, Jason, you've been pretty quiet. I don't know how many... I know you and I talked way back at the beginning of the DerbyCon years about trying to compete in their CTF, and we never did, right? Because we always thought we were going to be completely outclassed. Have you? Did you ever actually sit down and do any of them? Do ever a CTF? We cannot hear you, Jason. I don't know if you're muted or if there's a mic problem. Are you having mic problem? Well, I guess we'll have to talk about something else until Jason figures he's out like his mic. A, <laughs> he's like a set of speakers from the early 2000s when you get a phone call. Yeah, right. Anyway. So I'm going to quote Jason. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote him from chat. He said, my favorite experience is a challenge we had when I was taking comp side classes. It was called The Bomb. Well, that sounds intimidating. It does, doesn't it? It was super intense, and I spent days on it. Learned so much and had so much fun, but it's not for the faint of heart. You need to know or learn assembly code to do it. I've programmed an assembly language. I had a college course in it that I don't remember passing. So, yeah, I could imagine <laughs> that that was fun. Can Can you hear me now? Hey, we yeah. can hear Yay. you. Okay, you can oh put the cow God. away. All right. That's wonderful. I can, yeah, my headphones got really loud. That's awesome. Now you're on the... The wrong mic, I assume, but at least we can hear you. Am I? So that's okay. I don't know. It says, it says, oh no, it switched it. I have no well, idea. You sound like it Jason, it on the right so one. that's good. But yeah, it's good we'll, enough. We'll just, we're just going to roll with it. Yeah. So the bomb. Um, so I've, I've done, I've done the occasional CTF, like little bits and pieces here and there. Um, most of it is, is I, I sort of get bored quick on it because I don't, I, I'm not a, I don't do a lot of, infosec hacking security like from the the attacker side so i'm not familiar with the tools um so i'll, I'll hit like the easy challenges and then i'll just be like yeah I, I i know there's more here but i don't i don't have the time to dig into the tools to figure out how to get into the rest of the stuff um the but the the one you mentioned the bomb that was uh probably one of the coolest things i've ever done um it's not it it's not a CTF like we're talking about here. So here we're talking about specific challenges set up to find flags and you basically report the flags for points. The bomb is a, is a comp sci challenge um, uh, that I, the professor that, that I had happened to, to use. And I know it's, it's used in other comp sci courses as well. Basically they give you a binary blob and it's an, it's just an executable and you run it and it pops up with a question. And the objective is to find the answer to the question. Uh, and it turns out there's 20 questions and 20 unique answers. And you have to figure out from this binary blob that you have what the answers to those questions are. Because if you get them wrong, the bomb blows up. Oh, and you get, you, cool. you get, there's a, there's a scoreboard so you and you get three strikes. Yeah. Right. Nope. Okay. Nope. So the, the, the whole purpose of this is, this is, what was this? This was a. I don't think it was, it wasn't an internal class. It was, I forget which class it was exactly. I, I remember um, you, you were, yeah. we were working together at the time. You were taking, he was taking his, yep. this class at the college the two of us worked together at. And I remember right. you, because we used to carpool. Listeners will know that. Um, but he was telling me all about it, like on the drives home, and he was damned excited about it. <laughs> it sounded like I quite spent, an interesting challenge. 
I spent days on this thing. So didn't you didn't you like figure out how to disable the bomb mechanism so that you could continue trying or something like that? I I thought you yeah. So so yeah. <laughs> so it's the, the the way that it works. It, it, part of this is honor system, right? Because to go to the lengths necessary to make it so that you you didn't have to rely on the honor system is a little little insane. Um, basically if I put this on a, on a box that didn't have network access, I could hammer on this thing all day long and, and never, never get a, a negative point on it. Um, so there's a, there's a whole honor system behind it of, of following the rules that they give you, which CTFs have as well. Cause again, right. same with the CTF, you can get in there and disrupt things. Um, and lots of, uh, lots of contenders have, and a lot of the CT, a lot of the more, the, the larger CTFs, have gotten to the point where they they sort of monitor that stuff, and if they catch you, you you get booted. Um, but the bomb was you have the you have this binary blob. Figure out how to get the correct answers out of it, which turns out to be throw it into a debugger, walk through the the um, the assembly code, figure out where things are, put breakpoints in, figure out where it's going to jump in order to get to the next message, figure out where it's jumping to figure out what the answer is. And you can put all the different breakpoints and modify it as you go through and get those answers. Um, and and it, I defeated it in the end. Uh, I got I got one hit against me because the parser that was in it wasn't that great, and I didn't have a. So you, there's a there's a fast method that they want you to use to present all the answers. You put an answer on each line, and then you just feed it the name of the file, and it runs the answers through. You need a carriage return at the end, or that last answer doesn't count. Oh geez, yeah, yeah. So that that ended up like I knew I had the answer. I was I was very upset, um, but yeah, I, I that 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 marred the the perfect score on it. But it was it was a ton of fun. I had I had printouts of of uh, uh, assembly code all over the place and lines and drawings and so it's like out that. there. It it is it is public. It's open source out there somewhere. If I can find the link to it, I'll throw it in the show notes. Um, I have cool. it buried in my email somewhere. There's so some, x86, uh, x86 machine code, I assume. Yeah. Yep. It's not it's not anything super crazy. It's it's basic assembly, but um, uh, but it, it is a ton of fun. I just wanted to comment that the cool thing about that is like, uh, like Jamie, when you were working on that CTF, like when you encounter new stuff and you're like, I never heard of that before. Let me like look it up. It's kind of intriguing. And the next thing you know, you're like, oh, I know this one little thing. And so the next time you encounter it, you'd be like, I already know that already. I know that. Or at least I know what I'm looking for. Yeah. What's the next thing I need? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I, that's how I started learning assembly more was like doing these CTF challenges. Like what's the instruction to jump? What are, what are these registers doing? Like, you know? <laughs> and so it all came from doing CTFs, you know, it's like, it isn't just the machines, but hack the box has like, you know, like the forensics memory dump that you were talking about, or like these binary crack me challenges. Like that's it. That's all it is. Just investing this time. And you're like, Oh, I got that endorphin rush. Cause I got the flag. Yeah, and you I know? mean that's that's how both the memory dump challenge and the steganography challenge were for me, right? Mm-hmm. Last year's CTF, they had a similar memory dump one that I hacked on for a while, and I didn't get it. I it was basically the same challenge, except it was a Windows memory dump, and it was a Notepad 
uh, buffer you had to try to get out. This time it was a Linux memory dump, and it was an Emacs uh, buffer you had to get out. But last year, I, I, I was close, but I couldn't get it. I, I couldn't get the, the, the buffer out. And this year, the, the information that I had figured out last year came back to me, and I was able to use that to give us a little bit of a head start on this year's because I recognized some of the keys from last year's memory dump, right? So, and with the Stego one, completely new. I've never done a steganography challenge. And I thought, I'm going to give this a shot. So um, I went to Scarab in the DEF CON 610 group, and I said, hey, can you give me, like, just, like, where do I start, <laughs> right? Like, I don't even know where to start. And he pointed me in a direction, and I started going with it. I didn't solve it, but maybe next year if they have a Stego challenge, I'll have a base and I'll be able to solve it then. I don't know. So, Chris, let me ask you, because looking at the write-ups that our InfoSec team did, there, there were some tools that, there, you know, oh, yeah, you use this tool. Yeah. So is there, like, we talked about volatility, right? Right. As a memory dump analysis tool. And I don't know if that's considered, like, the gold standard or whatever, We've got this CTF challenge coming up, you know, a week from Saturday. There's a couple of tools that we're expecting people to have, you know, mm -hmm. things like Nmap or whatever. Yeah. So what would be like if you were to put these tools in like a belt around your waist, you know, with a Batman symbol on the front of it? <laughs> what, what would like for, for folk getting into CTFs, what are maybe the top half dozen tools that you're always using all the time? Oh, uh, that's well. If we're talking CTFs, like uh, machines that you break into, not like memory dumps and stuff like that, because that's very specialized. I would say for sites like Hack the Box or Vonehub or like any of the Try Hack Me's, whatever came up. Um, it's usually a web app that's an initial shell. So, um, pretty much Burp Suite um, is the main program to use for web app hacking. Um, I pretty much use that for all the web app hacking I do. It's just a middleman proxy program. And then, you know, the normal stuff for like a port mapper, like InMap um, or MassScan, whatever you want. But InMap has scripts. And then stuff related to it, like directory enumeration programs, like Durbuster, GoBuster, you know, whatever you want. Like that's usually it for the web um, and then there's other programs that you kind of learn to do Windows privesque and Linux privesque to kind of tr check to see what's going on. Like Linenum or, or Linenum is one for Linux, and then WinPs and LinPs. Um, and what do those do? They run against a system and look for common. Yeah. So exploits? usually in yeah usually in CTFs it's, it isn't it isn't really the exploit. So it's, it's usually when you're in those CTFs you get some sort of initial shell or shell-like thing from the web app. And then once you have that shell, you're like, what now? Because usually like on Linux, so like WWData, um, and then, yeah, you have you need like a tool to like look around like, hey, what's sudo doing? You could check that. What's any set UID binary? So like, you know, in the Linux world, you know, binaries that run that as root, yeah. you're right. So if you could leverage those somehow, you can, you know, get root or at least read and write files as root. But in like Windows, other, I don't know, two, 
it's too easy for me to get in the weeds, but there are programs that can help you find those things. So you don't have to manually type them because you're kind of, they're just time savers. Yeah, because, but for, because every command in PowerShell is 27 characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I think, uh, so is there a, is there like a landing, a landing page or a, or a wiki or something that as a novice you could go to and like learn, like here's the tools of the trade when you're up well, against this particular type There might thing. be. I don't know what it would be though. Cause I sort of just took it, you know, like what you guys were talking on the CTF that you're doing, like, that's the first thing I did. I tried like a hack the box thing. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I was like, I, I watched all the, the IPSEC videos where him doing it. So I'm typing the command and as I'm typing it, I'm, I'm hearing his voice, you know? <laughs> so like in map SC SV, you know, <laughs> But you sort of build up as you go. I think it would be, I don't know if it's a disservice to feel like you need to have this like set level of knowledge before you can participate. I would say just dive in. That's the best way. Like learn as you go. Don't be scared. I think you have to know something though, right? Like I think I, yeah. I would not have been able to start without my teammates. <laughs> yeah, suppose. Well, we definitely got yeah. to points where we're like, where the where do we go now? Like Axel Rose yeah. is singing in the background. Where do we go now? Ay, 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 ay. And and that finding that is hard. finding a good team is finding a good team to work with when you first start out is is sort of essential. Yeah, There's a, it's yeah. like with anything, right? You generally didn't learn to drive on your own either. You had someone who knew how to drive sit oh. there with you and teach you how to drive. I'm sure some people yeah, learn how to drive on their own, but uh, generally, there's a there's a CTF that floats around some of the B sides conferences, amongst other places, called Pros versus Joes, um, and it's it's exactly what it sounds like. They they get they get intro like you know newbies, and they pair them up with professionals to do CTF, and they they learn through the process. Um, I mean, it's Great. it's just watching them. Uh, live at, at the conferences is, is fun and they're doing a bunch of remote stuff now as well so that people can join in and so if there's if there's interest jason and i already talked about in fact we were talking about possibly having them come on this show but if we decided that would just be too many people we may do a follow-up show where we talk with folks who run ctfs including the pros versus joes and who knows who else and generally every year we have ed scotus from uh the holiday hack challenge what counter hack i guess and various other things he's involved in uh, come on to talk about Holiday Hack. So uh, those will be things that are coming up. I mean, that'll be probably November or December we have him on, but uh, assuming well, he's willing to come back on the show. He always says he likes us, but you know how that is. Well, what <laughs> I, the, what I, yeah. the, the really cool thing about Holiday Hack is that as you, like, they, they've turned into a video game, and as you walk around, at least the past two years, they've had little... Um, they're, they're what it is it's docker containers behind the behind the scenes yeah but you you log into those containers and they give you a, like a, a full tutorial on yes. how to do the thing that they're that you're after right so you learn all these different techniques on how to figure out so what the where the flag is and how to get it the past and then the past two yeah elsewhere years, is the real stuff the past two years of holiday hack he's he's presented it like a virtual conference, right? But it's at the North Pole, right? And whatever. And they have legitimate talks from InfoSec professionals like Dave Kennedy and like other people that are like pros in this in this industry. 
And you can literally walk into a room, like a conference room, in this little game they've made, and you can watch a talk, or you can watch them on YouTube if you'd rather just do it in your browser. Uh, I guess it'd be in your browser either way, but you know what I mean. Um, and then you go, you take what they just taught you and apply it to a to a flag or to a to a challenge, right? And then you have to do a thing, and then that leads to the next thing, and you learn something else. Or there's an elf you talk to, and they say, oh. They give you a couple hints, and there's a blog entry somewhere you can go read about how to do that, right? And they're not all directly like, here's the thing and here's how to do it. Uh, as they get higher up in the challenge, they get harder and harder and harder, obviously, but especially those beginning ones. And that was really the first CTF I ever did was Holiday Hack Challenge back in 2016, I think it was. And it was just awesome. All these little terminals were right up my alley because I'm a Linux guy. <laughs> um, I would just pop around in this little online world they had, and I would pop into a terminal, and I would do some stuff. Oh, that didn't work. I'd try something else. Oh, that worked, you know, whatever. And I had a blast. I would go back and play that one again, to be honest, just because it was fun. I got about halfway through that one, which is great, considering it was the first, <laughs> first CTF I'd ever done, I think, anyway. So That's awesome. But yeah, those are those are great, and we'll talk more about Holiday Hack as it gets closer. That'll that'll be open probably sometime mid to late December. I don't know what schedule. I don't have any insight does, onto what the schedule's going to be, but that's when that usually does, does shows that, up. Does that does that support a team Holiday Hack? Um, in the past, it has not officially. They they allow you to work as a team, but there's not like a grouping aspect where you're like officially a team. It's just, in fact, there's not even a scoreboard there. There's you solve things and you take notes and whatnot. And then at the end, you submit how you solve the stuff. Uh, and then they give out prizes, not even based on how far you got, but how well. Like the, the, the one team presented the solutions in the form of a song. And they won <laughs> because they were creative and they, you know, whatever. It wasn't necessarily they beat everything, although I think they did. It was that they caught their attention and said, look at us, you know, and the prize is like, it's like a sans course or something. I forget what it is. Um, not that that's not worth. I mean, that's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not that it's not <laughs> worth anything. I'm just saying it's not like they're giving you a million dollars unless it's career changing. Maybe that would be a million dollars worth a million dollars. <laughs> anyway, it's a great thing, especially for beginners. And um, I know. I think since 2016, I have not had the chance to really sit down and hack on the Holiday Hack Challenge like I really want to. Um, but maybe this year that'll be different. I don't know. We'll Stupid see. customers. I know. Well, I'm saying the Pothole Pirates can be resumed. We'll, we'll, we'll fly to the North Pole. Yeah, totally. Or drive on terrible roads up to the North Pole. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we okay, called so ourselves, by the way, the Pothole Pirates, because we're all in Pennsylvania. And we figure that's what Pennsylvania is known for, potholes. And Scrapple. Scrapple. We should have worked Scrapple in there. Pig. That's gross. <laughs> the pig, the pig puppet, the pig so, puppet. <laughs> so I have to, I have to ask. Be you know, having having a more of a a business background, where what would you start? So knowing, let's say, we pirates get ourselves together for that holiday challenge, what would you advise someone like me to say? Hey, go check this out. Um, and maybe not even starting with hack the box, but something even simpler, like go learn how to do this one item, um, before anything else. And, and it's going to, you know, give you a little bit of a jump start. 
So Ooh. I'm partial because I'm a Linux guy. Ooh. And you have access to free Red Hat training. <laughs> I I would take our intro to sysadmin online course. I I have another recommendation that might be useful for non-Red Hatters. <laughs> um, Go ahead. That's helpful. It, it's a, <laughs> you might have heard of it. I'm sure a lot of people have, but a website called Over the Wire. Um, they... They're they're a free website. They have um, these like learning CTF paths, where it starts out easy, like easy, then it progressively gets harder the each flag you get. Um, and that sort of sounds intimidating, but it isn't just CTFs. They want you to learn, so it's like um, I forget the one. Maybe it's called Bandit. That's the one that uh, teaches you Linux like slowly the command line. So like you learn like. You know, where how to list directories, like how to find files, you know, stuff like that. So that's a good free resource. Like I, I went through a couple of those and they're progressive. And so like you you get that like you put in the work and then you get the flag, so you get that endorphin rush and you do it again. And at the same time like you're having fun, but you're also learning like cool stuff that you can like use to to do more, you know. But I would say That's over awesome. the wire bandit suggestion. was pretty good. I mean, yeah, Windows, I Windows stuff can be a little hard because you have licensing issues, right? So, like, but Linux stuff is a lot easier to get down. And usually, CTFs are a lot of CTFs, usually, Linux or some sort of Linux like OS involved. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest, it, it, like, that's. Sorry, I was just going to say basic uh, command line skills is never going to hurt you, right, for this sort of thing. And that, that on whatever platform, I would say Linux is a great place to start, especially with the access to software that you've got. But anybody can go get whatever distro Linux they want to, they want to for free, put it in a VM and start tinkering, right? Mm-hmm. Jason, you were going to say something, I think? Yeah, so so one of the other things I would suggest is, is I mean, there's there's tons of sites out there that can teach you different things. But a lot of CTFs um, that I've seen focus on, you know, part of it, some of it, it depends on what level of CTF we're talking about. I mean, when you're talking like some of the elite stuff, they're, they're getting down into steganography and, and, you know, crazy, you know, anti-forensic stuff and debugging mm-hmm. and all sorts of craziness. Um, but a lot of CTFs have some very low-level, quick, um, and easy flags that you can get. And almost all of them are based on what's on the OWASP top 10. So if you can look at the OWASP top 10 and understand what those are, almost every CTF you'll be able to get, you know, half a dozen flags just like that. That's, you know, SQL injection, cross-site scripting, that sort of stuff. A lot of web-based stuff. Mm-hmm. Just don't oh, do it in you. Missouri because apparently it's illegal to look at source code in Missouri now. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> awesome. I feel, yeah, like, and I-, I feel like there should be a news article on that, but there probably isn't. And I got a thought. There, there is, and I'll throw it in. Good, throw it in there. So I got a thought here because the learning aspect, it, it, it I was watching a couple of YouTube videos last night, uh, and one of them was about the crazy my pillow guy, who actually had a security symposium earlier this year, claiming he he had actual evidence that China hacked the election. And his proof was a bunch of these screen dumps that were essentially just data dumps. So like with the scary looking hex code on one side and the ASCII on the other side. And the the point here is that 
even if you don't think you're technical, learning how this stuff actually works a little bit in the real world can help you from getting fooled by morons who just because they show you a scary looking printout or a scary looking screen cap and you look and you're like, yeah, that's like HTML code. You have not hacked into my Amazon account, right? (laughs) Like it, it, I mean, some of us, those of us in IT have all heard the story of the guy who's in the airport, opens up his laptop, cracks open a terminal window, and people around him start freaking out. He's a hacker. He's 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 hacking a near traffic control because, you know, scary terminal with green text. So the the type of when as you learn the stuff, even if you're not in a, you know, air quote technical role in your job, your career or whatever, it it, it educates you and makes you into a someone who actually has a clue in our new in our newer digital world and i think that's pretty important i just well, soapboxed yeah, a little bit i don't want to be fooled I? by morons <laughs> yeah like and, and Can i got a shirt that says that i don't want to be fooled by morons i <laughs> yes. would i would warn that it would make you hate any crime drama show that has computers on it oh yeah oh my god absolutely yeah i can't i now can't watch them so I'm, no. I'm now taking a note that we need an Iron Sissamin shirt that says, we'll not be fooled by morons. <laughs> that's, <laughs> our, that's our pirate uh, chant. <laughs> but it was funny to see some of the interviews done with, with some real security experts who attended Pillow Guys conference. And they're like, oh, yeah, like it was less than nothing. Like they. Oh. And, yeah, and there's this guy up on the stage. Yeah. There's this guy up on the stage and he's got they've got the big projection with like the windows file manager. It looks like a reg editor or whatever. And he's like, I'm not a tech guy, but I've been studying this elections, you know, for whatever. Like, yeah, you just admit it. You're an ignorant fool. It wasn't the pillow guy himself. It was some other guy, <laughs> some guy if, supporting if, the pillow guy. No, yeah. if, if you really want entertainment, there's a, uh, on Twitter, the username errata, Rob, Rob Graham. Okay. He's kind of a, he's kind of a big deal in the industry, but, uh, he was there, and he was live stream, live tweeting the whole time, <laughs> every day. That's awesome. And we we were patiently waiting for these dumps that never came. And they like encoded this data in a spreadsheet, and they did a binary dump of a, like a word or spreadsheet file. My it gosh. wasn't even like a real dump. And so, no, unless you're stupid, Did, but, didn't he supposedly get mugged and they stole him or some craziness I, like that? I don't know about that one. But I miss I miss a lot of Twitter. Even though I'm on it 24-7. We could be missing an opportunity here to protect the morons by stealing their yeah. stuff. Totally. That's that's how we need to do it. Steal from the morons to protect them? That doesn't sound like it's quite legal. That's like bombing the village to save it. I think we tried that once and it didn't work so well. <laughs> All right. So we've officially gone off topic, I think. However, uh, I did want to at least close up this part of the show by saying I'm going to be putting a bunch uh, – well, I should say we are going to be putting a bunch of links – into the show notes for not only places that you can uh, try free CTFs, uh, but also things like the bomb lab that uh, Jason was just talking about and some learning resources that we just talked about. Uh, Jscar was nice enough to throw a bunch of these into the chat. I tried to copy some of them down. Um, Otherwise I'll just get them. I'll make sure that they're in there. Um, So to review, some of, the, some of them that we talked about were Hack the Box, which is a free or pay, depending on if you want uh, better access to some of the machines, uh, online CTF challenge that you can just go and try your hand at things. 
Uh, the Holiday Hack Challenge is a really fun experience that that uh, Ed Scotus and team put on every year again for free. Uh, Try Hack Me, I think that's free. I've never tried it, but Jscar was putting that into the chat. Try Hack Me is another one. Chris was just talking about Vulnhub. I'll make sure to get uh, the URL and put that in there as well. And another great way to do this with a more social aspect is just about every security conference worth its salt has some kind of CTF going on, whether it's a little thing or a big thing with prizes or not, or something like the pros versus Joes that uh, Jason mentioned. Uh, besides Delaware, will host pros versus Joes, I'm assuming, even though they're virtual this year. Go, Jason. Uh, I think it's still in the works. I believe the answer is yes, but I, I, I okay. don't want to speak for them. All right. So it might it might not. Uh, if it doesn't, then I'm sure that when they're back in person, it, it, that should probably be back. So, uh, but yeah, uh, DerbyCon hosted one every year. I know DEFCON certainly has a CTF, although you may be afraid to go near it. Um, but B-Sides conferences are a great place to meet these sort of people and learn in person from folks that might be willing to teach you how to participate in these things. And with that, I think we will probably go to a break. Does anybody here have any final words before we do that? Words of wisdom um, or anything? I see a baby. I in would the purple. I would say, I would say, if you're thinking about getting involved, don't feel like you need to have this base competency skill. Like, if it's a, if you know you're hacking into a Windows or a Linux machine, you'll need to know it. But if it's some kind of weird challenge or you just have to figure out a puzzle, like anybody could do that. And like even super smart people I work with come across stuff they don't know or never encounter, but they just move forward anyway. That's sort of that, like you need that like hacker mindset. So I just want to, cause I know that prevents a lot of people from going forward and I hate seeing and it. Let me, let me clarify for just a sec. Hacker mindset is not necessarily a technology thing. It's a problem solving no. mindset. It is mm -hmm. think outside the box there is a roadblock in front of me. What if I step three steps to the left? I just said right. I just said left and pointed right. Three steps to the left <laughs> uh, and walk around the roadblock instead of just standing here thinking I'll never get through. That is probably the easiest way to describe the quote-unquote hacker mindset. Think outside mm -hmm. of the box. Solve problems. Sysadmins have this skill set. Anyone who's ever solved the problem in their life has this mindset. You just got to unlock it. Anyway. That's my cue to exit. What is, what is the tiny Aww. little have to say? <laughs> she's, she's used to hanging with me this late at night. So she's, and she, there's a dog licking her feet at the moment, out, <laughs> off camera. <laughs> All right. Jason or Mark or Jamie, anybody have uh, some final thoughts? I appreciate you guys including me. I would definitely say... Um, Anybody out there who's listening, like I said, I have a business background. It was get involved. It was a blast. I plan to keep trying when I have time. Um, <laughs> and uh, hopefully that Christmas one sounds awesome. You know, hopefully I can come back and, and have a, a story about how much I've learned. But I appreciate you having me. Yeah, I mean, with I, any luck, we'll uh, we'll participate in that just a little bit anyway. And, uh, and so, get some fun there. So secret hint about Holiday Hack. It's up year round. All of the previous oh, yeah. years are there. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. It The new challenge comes around Christmas, but all of the previous ones, at least all the way back to like 2013 or something, are all still up there, and you can go hack around on them if you want to. Yeah, I like Scar's attitude because this is how I kind of went into the Red Hat thing. Go to learn one new thing. 
Yeah. And this and this and after and if you can definitely read the report afterwards if they give away the answers, because then you're like, you can see how close you were, how far you were, and you'll have a better idea how to progress next time. I feel like every time you're going to do one, maybe you get a little further. Mm hmm. All right. Well, with that, I think we're going to go to a break. Uh, we're probably going to shuffle around some some hosts and guests here, and we'll be back <laughs> in, I don't know, give us 10 minutes tops, and we'll see you guys after the break. Something like that. So stick around. We'll see you then. Push the button, Frank. 